Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Marking Out the Day's Extreme Watch-Alongs. That's right, we're watching ECW Hardcore TV from the year 1997. This is going to be episode 12, season 5, episode 12. You can find it on the Peacock Network if you have that. Uh, you can queue it up and watch along with us. We like to run down the show, talk about other topics that are current, um, you know, mix it up and have some fun. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a smorgasbord. It's a, it's, a, it's a retro podcast mixed with some current stuff as we watch along ECW Hardcore TV. Um, it, and we is me, Kobe Nida, and the mayor of Kicking Out It 2, Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, what's going on? Well, somebody showed me the money, bitch. bitch. And I oh, came back to do another one of these. So, <laughs> Yes, indeed. Uh, we're running it down. We're catching up for the month of March. And I appreciate you all listening with us on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, where you can find us on any podcasting platform by searching Retromania with a W. That's right. Hundreds of hours, hundreds of episodes, all evergreen content for your ears. And Dave and I have been catching up on ECW Hardcore TV from 1997. Dave, you know, your thoughts before we cue this up and start getting into it. Um, how, how's this year been rolling for ECW? Uh, given the fact that this is the first time I've watched any of this, it's, um, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, there you would think that, and maybe it's just because I wasn't a regular viewer of the programming 25 years ago, but... Um, when you go back and watch it, you think that there's some kind of direction at certain points with certain guys, and then it just kind of throws you for a loop. And then sometimes the show doesn't really look like it has much of a direction. So, not to knock the product, you know, because I'm sure that the the diehard ECW loyalists that listen to this podcast, all 12 of you that sit on the top of your that 25 years ago when you sat on the top of your roof with tinfoil in your mouth trying to get a reception to watch ECW <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, um, I'm sure you guys will disagree with me. But um, yeah, I, I there's times where I I feel like there's a strong direction in the show, and then there's times where I feel like it's just so all over the place. I'm like, well, why is this happening? And I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of unfinished business and like a lot of moving parts that sometimes they connect and sometimes they don't. But other than that, it's been interesting to watch because, like I said, I'm a virgin to this. I didn't watch this 25 years ago. I don't even think I had access to ECW 25 years ago. Yeah, it's been interesting to say the least. There's been a, a lot of running threads and then some that just end up dead. And like you said, it's it's all over the place. Uh, and that's kind of why we talk about other topics during it or cue in, uh, you know, topical things as well, uh, but keeping it retro. So uh, if you want to listen along with us and watch along with us, cue up the cock. Uh, when we say play, we're going to count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 and hit play. You can, uh, you can watch along with us or just listen along for the fun. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening as well, the 12 of you. Um, so, uh, yeah, Dave, you ready? You got your cock uh, queued up? My, my cock is queued up. I did not play with it before, so hopefully, <laughs> um, you know, it's queued up. Actually, no, let me look at it right now, yeah. Uh, so I'll be about five seconds ahead because my cock doesn't want to. Um... It's okay. We, we, synced, we synced up before. It's all right. Yeah, okay. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hit play. Opening up the episode with a huge uh, brawl in the ring with like most of the roster of ECW. Yeah, we see RVD and Candido, um, the Dudleys, Raven. Raven, the Eliminators. I think old ass Terry Funk was in there. Little Guido, Tracy Smothers, Axel Rotten, Spike Dudley, 
Um, Sabu. Sabu's in there. Um, Everybody. The BWO's on the floor there. We got Taz. It's the it's whole like roster. A ta- it's, like, it's like a town hall meeting. Let's let, let's air all our shit out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And like we said, there you know these these intertwining feuds and everything. I guess that's that's what was necessary. This is obviously follow up <clears throat> from the end of an event that we're going to see recapped throughout this episode. Uh, so and there's Brian Lee in the corner just pouncing on Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Give my money, bitch. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, just pounding away. I'm gonna it. milk that for a while. I just want you to know that. That's awesome. I'm gonna cue, yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna grab that. Uh, that audio clip and just cue it up every now and that, then on the yeah. next episodes. There you I'm gonna, go. I'm gonna get a button for it. Okay. Yeah. So let's uh, have, our, pro- let's have whole, our producers look into that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so speaking of like all of the roster out here, most of or some of the roster made an appearance on WWF recently, didn't they? Yes, I believe it was the when 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 Raw went to two hours officially, and they they went from being Monday Night Raw to Raw is War when they changed like the Titan Tron setup and the, the the stage and the ramp area. I think that was um, I think that was when they did that like face to face confrontation with Paul Heyman and uh, Jerry Lawler. Yes, indeed. That's what they did. Um, yeah, well, th- the week before, uh, Sabu and some of the guys showed up, and uh, Sabu kind of took a bump off the the that that uh, Titan Tron that you're speaking of, or that set with the Raw, and yep. uh, <clears throat> yeah, kind of botchy. As we see New Jack here about to do the same thing, so it, it's very <laughs> uh, very much so trying to uh, off play. of their Titan Tron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're cheap ass uh, ghetto Tron. Mom, can we get the Titan Tron? No, you have the Titan Tron at home. <laughs> and it's just the ECW playset. <laughs> they did have chairs and ladders and stuff. They did. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mention that because, you know, as a, as an avid action figure collector of wrestling action figures, I have the the ECW old San Francisco toy makers uh, set up in my 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 studio. I don't have all of them, but I have a good number of them and um my brother Daryl once had the ring with the setup with like the cage and it came with like tables and chairs and ladders and things like that. So he sold it at a tag sale uh, a number of years ago and sold a lot of his wrestling stuff a number of years ago. But he still wow. collects like figures too. And right now on the market for the setup, like they sell it. There's probably maybe I've seen like on eBay, maybe like two or three in the box, never opened the 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 cage the ring the chairs the tables all that stuff for the toys some of them have gone for like 500 to a thousand dollars holy like, shit like that's insane i will not spend stupid money like that although i've spent stupid money on some of these figures i'll say that but that's <laughs> my wife doesn't listen to this podcast and she's not home as i'm recording this so i can say whatever i want but <laughs> nonetheless yeah it's uh it's it's it's, it's a labor of love let's just say that Right, right. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a different company, the figures company. They do like the custom ones too. Not that there's the- a lot of different groups out there now. Like it's it's wild how like it's spawned off. Like there's this group called Chella Toys that uh-huh. makes figures, and they've made figures for guys who are no longer you know that have been deceased. Like a like a Dynamite Kid one just came out in, in like a Hasbro style um, action figure. A Dino Bravo one came out. Um, so and I think they're doing a Sabu, and then like Zombie Sailor Toys does action figures of of guys that you know you wouldn't normally get in, in yeah. action figures. And so I mean, I've the been variants. Stu- yeah. The, oh yeah. I mean, and then yeah. There's it's it's crazy. Like the the different figures that you know. I I went from saying to my wife like I'm just gonna do the Hasbro's, and then I went from the Hasbro's and I was like, well, I was like. My mother showed up one day with like some of my old WCW Galoobs, and I was like, "Well, I'll just finish the Galoob collection." And I didn't finish the Galoob collection or the Hasbro collection, but then I was like, "You know what? I think I want the old San Francisco toy ECW ones because those are pretty cool too." And then <laughs> I went from that to Pops, and I have Pops, and then uh, Mattel came out with the the retro line with the Hasbro style figures of like those the current cool. stars, and now they have like you know Austin Rock, Undertaker, uh, Wolfpack Sting. Diesel, Daniel Bryan. So I have a few of those. And then I went from that to the Mattel. And uh, now I do the Mattel Elites. 
And I've I just recently actually got a Scott Hall in the mail uh, when he was in the NWO in 2002 in WWF. Wow! So I paid like 30 bucks for it, but okay. the, since he died, the markup has gone way up for his figures. Like stuff that used to be on the market for like 30 or 40 dollars has now gone up to like a hundred dollars. Like it's fucking crazy. Wow! It, it, the price gouging when when wrestlers die with the action figures is 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 it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. It shouldn't even happen. But it's amazing. Um, I'll have to keep my eye open for anything I see uh, as I've moved to a new area. So I always like to check out what's new with the thrift shops or any collectible shops around here. So I'll, yeah. I'll cue you in if uh, okay. You know if I see right, anything I, interesting. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I actually, just I have I have a few stuff on back order. To be honest with you, I got um, Mattel came out with a Hulk Hogan NWO Wolfpack. Um, when he was in the Wolfpack briefly with like the red and black, right on. Um, and then I then the they do an Ultimate Edition series where they have multiple like um, accessories and heads and figurines. So there was a there was a combo deal for Hulk Hogan and Mr. T from WrestleMania One. Uh, wow. With like the old WWF belt um, that comes with Hogan and Mr. T wearing the Hulkamania shirt, so that, that I'm looking forward to that. And then there's like a that American. is really cool. Now, do yeah, you keep that, yours packaged or no? Moved, I don't. Or? I, I take okay. them out. I take them out of the box. I'm like, that's a fucking waste of money. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't do the whole like I get a protective case for the box or the card. Like, they're out and about. They're in my case. Like, I wouldn't have it. My whole I wouldn't have any room in my basement. My, my wife gave me a, a, a certain amount of space where I could put these things and. She would, uh, it would be grounds for divorce. I'd have to sell my collection to pay for an attorney. <laughs> but yeah, not, I'll still not, have to. Uh, I'll still have to send you uh, what I got as far as like um, from my box of toys from this time. Actually, nineteen ninety seven. I was really getting. I was getting figures weekly from uh, the WWF. Those uh, Jacks eras, I guess. Oh no shit. Yeah. Okay, because I actually you know what? I have some of those too. I have the the, the bone crunching ones. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I have some of those too. In fact, I have I had them in a case at one point, and then I took them out of the case. Now I got them in a bag, so um, yeah, my, I'm gonna have to buy a new case. So right, but yeah, there's, no, I, there's few I of them it. that are in good condition, though. I will be honest because yep. uh, I I did have a Fed, so I yep. had a toy oh, same. federation. Same. I don't. You know, what? and that's the thing about my collecting. Like, if they come in great condition, great. If they're displayable, great. Like, if there's a couple scuffs here and there, it's not the end of the world. But, like, if you're missing an arm or a foot or whatever, like, then no, I'm not going to buy it. But like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked about how Arn Anderson's ass gets worn out on the toy. Or, yep. You know, the, I have an Arn Anderson with, with, with uh, some some bare butt cheeks and a bald spot. Yep. And then uh, my, my Bret Hart, he, he carried the torch for my fed, so he his leg pops off frequently. Okay. And, nothing uh, that a little, nothing that a little gorilla glue won't do. Yeah, well, sadly enough, here, here's something else that happened. The head popped off of Owen. I swear <laughs> to God, I swear to God. Oh boy, you're you're making sure that spot in hell's reserved for you, yeah, huh? You're, you're, I'm you're sorry. Weight. No, no, nobody, nobody, nobody's fucking with your weight. It happened. Hell, huh? It happened during a move. Uh, so, oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah, yeah. sure it did. Yeah. Oh my God, could. I didn't mean. Oh. Jesus Christ. All right. It would be sweet to have a variant of Rob Van Dam's uh, attire that he has on right now. It's almost Actually, like a ro- I just Robo-Con. got an RVD recently. Mrs. Rosenbluth got me an RVD. Really? Elite. Um, the, the, the outfit that he wore at the last ECW pay-per-view, Guilty as Charged, it was like the, um, like the orange airbrush with like the, the, like the, the tiger stripes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got that. That's pretty cool. That's in my display. Very um, cool. Came with a chair. So of I got course. me a chair. I got me a chair. And I, just, you know, I just need a table and a ladder and I'll be good. For the yeah. Van Terminator, though. Yes, exactly. But Van Dam's not looking in good shape here. As you see, no, Taz kind of, it looks like a choke, if you ask me. It's not the Taz mission, but it looked like some variation of a chokehold. Not a bad match, though. Technical stuff going on as we're talking. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's 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 one of those matches that was looked forward to at the time. Yes. I mean, Taz was moving up the ranks, and RVD was just really planting his foot in ECW and you know becoming a mainstay. And, yeah, I mean, they, 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 they didn't have, like, like, a real – Defined significant rivalry, but when they did wrestle, they their matches delivered. Um, yeah, 
And if I remember, and one one misconception about Taz's time in ECW, a lot of people seem to think that his last match in ECW was the match with Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka when Mike Awesome won the ECW title at the Anarchy Rules pay-per-view. But actually, that is false. Taz's last match in ECW took place at the 1999 November to Remember against Rob Van Dam. Wow. Wow. Yes, you can find it on the cock. If your cock runs and works and, you know, if it's up and operational, you know, like mine was this morning when I was trying to set this whole fucking thing up. Yeah. But. Interesting stuff there. Um, Rob Van Dam, though, and Taz, at the time, these guys are, uh, you know, top wrestlers that are pulling out moves that that, that we don't see you know uh, nowadays you do see a lot of springboards Everybody's that doing Rob Van Dam introduced and then the uh the mixed martial arts that Taz introduces you know yeah you see a lot of that with other with, with with very you know both guys are emulated by various performers but you see a lot of Taz's um Taz's uh routine through his son Hook on AEW oh yeah Absolutely. Who has become like a cult like who, who's who's gained a cult like following with the with the AEW audience. He's he's what Cody Rhodes is referred to as a meme wrestler. <laughs> Where like, you know, you get popular from a meme and or, or you know, you trend big on social media and you know, then then people, you know, will, will gravitate to watch you, you know. And I I don't think there's anything bad about Hook right now, but I think he's how do I put it? Um he's got a long way to go, but everyone seems to think he's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I like like I think he's just gotten popular based off of a meme and now it's now it's become viral that, you know and he's a he's a mainstay on Rampage weekly, you know, with his matches, his short matches, very similar to his father Taz, you know, with a lot of that yeah. mixed martial arts repertoire. The strikes and the submission moves and things like that. Um, so yeah, it happens a lot though in the industry. Even at the time, you know, guys get get hot really quick and then they 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 cool down for a bit, you know, yep. and then they they have a they have a bit of a following, you yeah. know, or those people that latch on to them, you know. Um, you don't watch NXT, do you? Uh, not too much anymore. Okay, um, why? Because recently there's a female uh, wrestler. Oh, Nikita Lyons? Yes. Yeah, I know about She's her. She's another one of those that's a meme wrestler. She did that like split pin with her fucking ass cheeks in this other girl's face and it's gone viral and now everyone like... I mean, I followed her because of it because she got a nice fucking turd cutter on her, but... Yes, um, indeed. You know, for the most part, um, she's become pretty popular uh, on, on NXT programming as we see Taz locking in the Taz mission... The Katahajime, as Joey Styles would say, um, which I don't even know. What, Katahajime sounds like something you'd order at a fucking at a Szechuan Ichiban restaurant. You know, can I get the Katahajime? You know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, ta- or going to sleep there uh, doesn't tap out, which saves RVD. You know, keeps him yeah. strong. Keeps but... him strong, as the internet likes to say. Keeps yes, him strong. Indeed. Because God, God forbid you put over a guy's move. You know As I mean? a crack is what keeps Bill Alfonso strong. Yeah, daddy. You know, I just smoked that crack pipe with Stabu and Taz in the backseat of the locker room. And let me tell you, it was the best shit I ever had, daddy. I caught it right down the middle. One, two, three. It's a damn baby. baby. Hey, uh, Joey Styles here queuing us up for the next recap of uh, what is going on. But... Uh, let let's talk a little bit about the uh, observer. What the observer has has said recently at the time in 1997, shall we? Okay, let, let, let's talk about it. As the the um, the the banker Brian Lee, who takes everyone's money, bitch, is nailing Terry Funk of the trash can. That's what he is. He's the banker. That's what they, he should have been. He should have been the banker. You know. Yeah, I got a bank. The accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a bulldozer as well, so. I'm trying to find the rev- relevance in that. I, I don't know. They call him a bulldozer, <laughs> so he, 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 in some way, he's a bulldozer, I guess. Okay. 
I don't know. All right, well, let's uh, let's, let, let's go on with the with Meltzer's notes in the Observer as we watch this abomination of a match between Brian Lee and Terry Funk. Yeah, um, there was a Boston newspaper, uh, improper Bostonian. They had a six page story about ECW. And oh yeah, yeah. Dave says I can only guess it, what it was about. I'm sorry. I can only guess what it was about. Um, it it wasn't a puff piece Uh, it was a fair article definitely not it was covering the positives and negative aspects of ECW Um, oh interesting yes and it covered the mass uh, transit incident well I was going to say that's not the positive part of the article that's for sure and then an ugly incident took place at an ECW show Uh, the crowd started shitting all over Chris Chetty and Little Guido um, they started chanting boring, and then they began to throw things. Uh, little Guido started throwing stuff back at the fans, and one of the fans got a busted nose from it. Uh, and then the fans started throwing chairs, and then security stepped in, and everything got back to normal. Speaking so, of throwing, Terry yeah. Funk just threw himself with a moonsault onto Bulldozer Brian Lee in the crowd. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, he's like 50. Yeah, he's... Middle-aged and crazy, folks. Yeah, it got out of hand, though, in the crowd, uh, as the the crowd is pretty rough in ECW. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at, you know, we're watching this right now between Funk and, and Brian Lee, and the audience Bulldozer is just, Brian Lee. Yeah. Bulldozer. That sounds like such a shitty gimmick. <laughs> I'm going to take your money, bitch. Just like I took every promoter's money in the goddamn world because I'm the funker, goddammit. Moonsault by Terry Ooh. Funk here wow. onto the banker, bulldozer, accountant, Brian Lee <laughs> in the middle of the ring. They've just destroyed those trash cans. My God. They've plunder everywhere, baby. That's right. Plunder. Um... Yeah. All right, back to what you were saying again about the observer, the the, the fans, the audience, shit yeah. on the. It was just uh, uh, they they threw chairs and security had to step in. It got, it got a little heated. A fan got a busted nose from Guido's throwing stuff back. Um, you know, we we had seen fans throwing trash in the crowd with the NWO angle that happened last year in 1996. Yeah, yep. and some people will say that that was staged. What do you think? No, I don't think it was staged. Okay. I, I honestly don't think it. And you know, the only reason why I don't think it was staged is because um, I think I think at least initially when Hogan um, turned, you know, people were – people wanted to boo him. And nobody ever saw Hulk Hogan as a bad guy on at that level at that time. So – when he, he turned and he cut the promo and he was telling the people to stick it and everything in between, you know, the, it made the it made the audience mad. Even though they wanted to boo him, it still made them it still made him mad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think any of that was staged. Even the um, you know, in later months when the NWO was continuing their hot streak, you know, you had the outsiders Hall and Nash who were you know. Just about as cool as the other side of the pillow. They, you know, they were they were borderline baby faces in that group, and they were still throwing trash at them. You know, there's a, there's a, a gif out there right now that shows um, someone throwing a beer at Scott Hall's head, and he just no sells it and slicks his hair back. And oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's. I don't think that was staged whatsoever. But the ECW stuff that got out of hand. I mean, you were in smaller venues where whatever you threw. You had a you had a ninety five percent shot of making it to the ring or, or, or landing at the target you were intending. You know, whether it be a chair or a beer or you know a, a fucking car battery or whatever the fuck you know you wanted to throw at one of these guys. Yeah, so, it's um, really reminiscent of those older, dirty, smoke filled uh, territories that were dangerous. Yep. You know. Yeah. You know, where the wrestlers would talk about how they got stabbed in the ring or on the way to the ring, you know? Yeah. They'd talk, you know, talk about the heat that they drew and shit like that, you know? Like, that stuff was... I just think the people, that was their way of... I don't think they necessarily intended to to harm the wrestlers. I think that was their way of participating and being a part of the show. That's just my take. Stabbing them? No. Oh. like No, the ECW fans, when they're, like, oh, yeah, throwing yeah. shit in the ring. Yeah. 
You know, like I don't think that they want like even though even though Raven and Shane Douglas and the Dudley boy. Well, I'll I'll just go Raven and Shane Douglas because the Dudleys did draw some real fucking animosity and some heat with the audience. But um, I think that those guys they didn't intend to hurt them. You know, they were just they 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 thought it was them participating and being a part of the show. You know what I mean? Whereas like when the Dudleys would get somebody fired up, those guys would try to jump the rails. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and and go after them. Some of the last heat seekers, um, definitely getting some heat there. Uh, Terry Funk did pick up the victory over Bulldozer, Banker, Brian, Biker, uh, Lee. Bitch. Bitch. Um, and that was, uh, that was at the end he was saying, we did it. We did it, motherfucker. Yeah. God damn it, we beat this son of a bitch. I got my first victory in 37 years because I put everybody else over in the fucking ring. God damn it, I'm the funker, god damn it. Forever! 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 I think right now we are getting a recap of an I Quit match. Uh, between Shane Douglas and the Pitbull. Gary Wolf, yes, which indeed. he would be categorized as Pitbull number two, I yeah. think, right? Yep. Because Pitbull uh, one was Anthony Durante, the bald one. I believe so. We've yeah. gone over this a couple times. Uh, yeah, we have. We've, 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 it's we've a dog. It's a dog, yeah. you know? Yes, you are an animal. Yes. Oh, look at this! Francine with the belt shot to... The, the 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 ring announcer. Now she's got the bell. She's gonna ring the bell. She's the bell ringer. She's gonna be the bell ringer of this match. Yeah. Oh, she threw the she threw the hammer into the ring to distract the referee because there's no fucking rules in ECW anyways. But you still need a reason to distract the referee. I know. It's such oh, a mess. hammer to the back of the neck, but the pit bull no sells it. He's kind of oh. <laughs> He said, my neck is stronger. Yeah. My neck, my back, my pussy, and my crack. (laughs) So uh, we spoke of recently that the the ECW and WWF had their showdown with Paul Heyman and Jerry Lawler. That happened on March 10th, 1997. Uh, Yep. During that segment, uh, Heyman asked Lawler how... The action was down by the seesaw in Louisville. <laughs> Referencing his statutory rape case from 1993. Oh my God. That is, I, you know, I forgot about that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I forgot about that. Would you that. like to listen to it? We can at the end of this program if you'd like. Okay. We um, can play it if I mean, you'd like. I have it queued up. I mean, we can do it now or we can we can save it. Uh, Let's save it for the end because okay. we're, we're in the middle of watching something and there might be people yeah. that actually watch this with us. True, I know true, that's kind of hard to believe. There are some. That we have fans that listen to this. We have followers. We have an audience, if you will. It might be a small audience. It might be a microcosm of an audience, but we got a fucking audience. God damn it, you have an audience because I'm the funker. Um, then uh, Lawler responded uh, saying Heyman's father was funding ECW. Uh, Correct. So, yeah. Not a, we'll, not a jab. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get it. I'll play it at the end for everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear it. So, and, yeah. And, and, but uh, at the time, let, let's speak of a, another incident uh, in, involving sexual allegations. Uh, do you remember the Hulk Hogan incident? Um, vaguely. Was this referring to... Um, a sexual assault allegation that took place at the very first Nitro at the Mall of America? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah, continue. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was uh, while she was in the hotel room, Hogan forced her to perform oral sex. Um, and the Lawler <laughs> said uh, it was her way of extortion. Um, so uh, the women has uh, filed... The women... The woman filed a countersuit against Hulk Hogan. That's the update at the time right now. I remember re- I remember hearing that story on um, Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks, when they covered the, the, the Nitro launch. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe 
it was the woman that uh, was making the 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 accusations. She worked for the investment group that, um, and I could be mistaken. You'll have to correct me if you have that information available. She worked for the investment group that launched the Hulk Hogan themed restaurant in the mall, Pasta Mania. Pasta Mania, dude. Why don't That's you? right, brother. Hey, all I said was, "Do you want to try a little bit of my noodle?" <laughs> and she took it completely the wrong way, brother, dude. <laughs> I said, "Do you like do you like sausage in your pasta, brother?" <laughs> how about some meat sauce, dude? <laughs> oh, how about man. some of this? How about some of this this fettuccine Hulk Fredo, dude? <laughs> Oh boy! Oh great! <laughs> and then she said, "And then she said, that's not gonna work for me, brother." And I was like, "That's my line, dude." What you gonna do when this noodle comes all over you? <laughs> Just suck it. The twenty-four Just... inch penne pot. I mean pythons. <laughs> oh yeah, terrible stuff. But that's the ongoing situation. She. Uh, you know, counter lawsuit, lawsuit. Uh, eventually, it all kind of gets brushed under the table, I believe, or like a, a, a settlement outside, right? Um, to the best of my recollection, there was either either the, the the case was dropped or she had settled out of court. I don't remember the details, but um, yeah, um, just another uh, j- just just another incident where Terry didn't have to do the job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one of the I'm not laying down for her brother. I'll tell you that right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. If was... anything, she's going to go over on me. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm going to go over on her, dude. I'm doing the big finish. You understand? She's going to take the big dick. I mean the big leg. The big leg. <laughs> the big third leg, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's terrible. Yeah, know, uh, the Pipples though, they were suffered a beatdown from Shane Douglas and uh Gary got sent out in an ambulance. So more beatdowns of the pit bulls continue. Stretcher job. Yeah. And then we saw Rick Rude in the shot, Rick Rude wearing a mask. And now we've got Shane Douglas here Again. with a VHS tape. Because we're really going back. He you know <laughs> along with Francine. Oh wow. I'm a franchise, Shane Douglas. <laughs> And I left my DVD at home. Right. Couldn't afford one yet, though. Yeah. There were still. Got, they were got, still like. He got his VHS tapes from his old Dean Douglas vignettes. <laughs> Definition. <laughs> Broken neck. You could tell he wasn't a good teacher because he was the one that used the videotape. He was like the substitute teacher. Yeah, he's like, all right, guys, we're gonna play a video. <laughs> Just sign your name into the list. <laughs> Show us that you've been here. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I did that once at school. Not like I mean, I wasn't a teacher, but like I, I, you know, I, obviously, plenty of times where we had substitutes. And like, right, we're gonna play a video, and then like the sub would just sit there and you know read the newspaper. Or if it was a college kid, you know, oh, yeah. the sub would do their own homework or whatever. And then like they asked for the attendance list to go around to like pass it around or whatever so i i learned this from my father because this my father did this in school it's like oh this would be great let's see how far i can go with this and get the attendance list and i put my name down and then the um the the substitute teacher counts all the names on the list and the the kids that are in the class or whatever and he notices that there's one extra name and he was like who's dick hurts and i was like (laughs) mine does and he got a kick out of it. He thought it was funny, but he was like, "He's like, all right, we need to get a new list. Let's write a new because he had to give it to the 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 secretary or whatever to show who attended class." Yeah. So, yeah. Oh wow, that was just me being a little prankster. I thought I was cool in 1997. This might have been in 97. I think I was a freshman in high school. Uh, no, I was in the eighth grade when this happened. Wow. During during this time period. I was in the eighth grade. I was fifth grade, I think. Okay. Fifth or fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. Us a couple of kids. Yeah, speaking of fifth grade education, here's the eliminators with the Dudley boys. <laughs> um, As last week there was uh some remarks. Oh I know, my goodness. Like I said, 
you know, Peacock, whoever did the, the, the market research and the, the, the video editing of the, the, the inappropriate content that was on the, the WWE network. I mean, like I said, they, we don't get half black Roddy Piper at WrestleMania six. We just don't. <laughs> It's not there. If you want to YouTube half black Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown, you need to YouTube it because you're not going to find it on Peacock. Unless you're international, you know, with the WWE Network and you're in another country and you don't have all the liberties and you have all the liberties that us folks in the United States don't have with this fucking shitty app, then you can watch half black Roddy Piper against Bad News Brown from WrestleMania 6. <laughs> yes, indeed. Or you can watch Survivor Series 2005 when Vince McMahon walks by Booker T and goes, what's up? My N-word, and he just continues to walk away. You can watch that too if you want. N-word with the with the with the soft A, not the hard R. Okay. Yeah. Or you can watch Gold Dust, just be a fucking weirdo on a weekly basis. But you can't do any of that with Peacock. But they let the R-word slip out of Bubba Ray Dudley's mouth. They must have. They must have just said, you know what? We're tired of doing all this. Let's just skip the rest of this. All right, guys, we're good. We found all the bad stuff. We edited it out. We're good. What's oh, the CCW yeah. stuff? This extreme stuff. That's probably got some bad stuff. No, nope, no, nope, we're good. I checked it all. It's good. It's a kids' show. Yeah, yeah. ECW is some great stuff. Uh, at the time, they're they're facing censorship. You know, in 1997. Speaking of, you know, and they're coming up with this uh, this. Uh, pay-per-view barely legal which is it's gonna make or break them yes uh, oh yeah for sure i mean they they went through plenty of hurdles throughout the course of this the, this time period to get to that point for the pay-per-view i mean almost not getting on pay-per-view then they wanted to do it like late at night like it was you know a like a underground type of you know illegal operation transpiring um like i mean there was so many different uh obstacles that the company went through to get onto pay-per-view and by the grace of god they 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 managed to they managed to get there it's uh, you know at that point april 13th yeah yeah at the time um cable vision is choosing not to air ecw's upcoming pay-per-view because of the concerns of the violence so okay i mean that was i, I think I want to say Request TV was the one that really stuck with them. Yeah, was the was was the was the the, the cable outlet that uh, the satellite provider that um, that that really stuck with ECW because they weren't on many many outlets. I don't remember at that at this time twenty five years ago if I looked for it on my pay per view provider. I don't think I did. Well, but the thing is, we're kids. You know, we had to ask our parents for permission or if you did it was going to be show up on the cable bill or something you know or you had to purchase it with a credit card or have more information you couldn't get past it you know the funny here so here i I remember distinctly how the pay-per-view worked at least in my area and you could correct me if i'm don't correct me if i'm wrong how it worked in in, when you were growing up in your area but my cable company had you know we had the box the black box and there would be a channel designated just to advertise the pay-per-view events, whether it be movies, boxing, wrestling, there'd be commercials. And then there would be like, uh, that same channel would have like a listing of all the, the events coming up at the dates and there would be a phone number attached to it. So if you wanted to watch, let's say ECW barely legal, you would have to dial this this eight hundred number, but then yeah. like the last four digits were designated for that pay per view. Yep. And there, or if you wanted to watch a sporting event like a Mike Tyson boxing fight, you'd have to dial an eight hundred number, and there would be four separate digits that were attached to that number that was just solely for that event. So the, originally, you would that's that's the the way cable was at least back then, and then once it went digital. Now, I don't know how far back you remember this, but what is now AT&T used to be SNET in the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It used to be so SNET used to be a phone company, okay? And then they decided to go towards digital cable. They were the first digital cable company in our area. And at the time, my uncle used to work for them. So we got free cable for 2 months in the summertime. We got um and we were we were allowed to order up to four free pay-per-view movies a day 
Wow. On the as a part of the promotion because they were just rolling out, and this was we had to change the box over. This is when you could order through the remote control instead of using the phone. Right. So through so through the phone. Like I said, my parents would have to call. They would call the number. It would get ordered. It would come on the screen. Now, as a kid, when SNET cable, digital cable came out, eventually I was able to order through the remote control. Then, of course, there would be, you know, they would upgrade the systems over the years. You'd have to get a password and all this other stuff. But I remember this summer in particular. In 97, after this this time period where we got the SNET cable and I was able to order um, Canadian Stampede 1997 when it was the Heart, the Heart Foundation 10-man tag and the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view Ooh. when Dennis Rodman wrestled for the first time. And I got those both for free. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. And I remember being able, I bought like an eight-hour VHS tape so I could record both of them at the same time. Or on the same tape. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was the similar experience. Uh, I was lucky enough that we had a black box, so we just we just stole, you always got stole illegal cable. Yeah. So. Okay. I yeah. mean, I had friends who had black boxes. I'd go to their houses every once in a while. Sometimes the box would work. Sometimes it would Now, wouldn't. I wasn't necessarily allowed to stay up so late to watch it, so I would see them delay. You know, I would have my, mm-hmm. my uncle, or you know, tape it. So. Yep. Um, but, yeah, a bloody mess here. We see the Eliminators and the Dudley boys. Um, man, that was, uh, that was a pretty cool move that Devon, or Dudley, I'm sorry, that Bubba did by himself, his single cutter. I like he does it like pop up style almost. Um, yeah, I've seen um, DDP's done that before. I think like Orton even did that at one point um, yeah. with the RKO. But yeah, a lot of different variations of that cutter, that stunner st- type move. Yes, indeed. I like that. Um, stunner, speaking of stunners, yeah, uh, a, not a stunner. WCW Uncensored 1997 uh, had gone on March 16th. Uh, that was the past weekend uh, before this airing of ECW Hardcore TV. Uh, uh-huh. WCW trying to get hardcore, if you will, by having a, a you know, un- uncensored. Uh, and yeah. it, was, it was a failed attempt at a, a lot of NWO storylines with Dennis Rodman making an appearance. Well, I remember back 25 years ago, that was a big deal that Rodman was showing up. Yeah. Um, I mean... The, the execution of the show itself wasn't the best. Like um, I, I remember watching it years later and thinking to myself, wow, this really wasn't that good. Um, they had the, 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 the battle for like control of WCW. It was like the NWO team versus team the WCW Piper team, and team WCW. versus like Piper's team. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the only memorable thing that I remember from that event was when Macho Man... Um, attacked DDP and they started their rivalry at that pay-per-view. Right. Um, and uh, what is Bubba doing in the corner? Is he rolling a joint? <laughs> or is he playing the harmonica? Look oh, at I him. think he's playing the harmonica. Or- Doesn't it look like he's rolling a joint yeah. like he's like he's, or a blunt. He's getting his blunt ready. Yeah, right. he's looking his he's licking the blunt rapper. Devon's like, "Pass that shit." Uh, he's playing the harmonica for sure. <laughs> Testify. With his 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 white long john underwears underneath his black shorts that have dirt on him. My goodness. Uh, the ECW pay per view. Speaking of, that's coming up in April. Uh, barely legal. It still is not sold out yet at the ECW arena. And some of the fans were complaining that the ticket prices were too high now. I guess those cheap sons of bitches were probably getting in for free every other week, <laughs> right? When they would go to the ECW arena, uh, yeah, you want your you, you it's funny you you want your favorite you know your your favorite brand or your favorite wrestling organization to succeed and move up, but yet you won't support it because the ticket prices are too high. Yeah, I mean it's not like any of them had fucking girlfriends, you know they're all virgins. What what kind of obligations did these guys have in 1997? Okay, maybe a couple of them lived in an apartment with like 37 other people and they all split the fucking rent. But 
What kind of serious obligations did they have for them to be pissed off that the ticket prices were so damn high for their ECW pay-per-view? It's either yeah. you pay to fucking go see the show and you sit there and you enjoy it and you'll be a part of history or you and your buddies scrounge up five bucks a piece to all split the show so you could all watch it in your parents' basement. Absolutely. Which one is it? <laughs> Pick your poison. Either way, there's a dollar that's going to come out of your pocket to support your group. And if not, then shut the fuck up about it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of local shows that go on around here that are pretty cheap. Uh, Ten bucks, fifteen bucks. Uh, any local shows around your area that are kind of like uh, reminiscent of ECW? Um, we don't really have like a extreme type of organization. We get you know the the the, the big indies around here. It really is. Um, is uh, Northeast Wrestling? Uh, they're they're like Connecticut, tri-state, New York area, um, some parts of Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but they run a lot of Connecticut shows. Uh, the promoter Mike O'Brien, he's actually Jerry Lawler's business manager. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So um, I've been to quite a few of those shows. Uh, they they do some brawls and you know, hardcore type matches from time to time, but they pick up, you know, they use a lot of local talent, but they use a good mixture of guys who've been on TV. Um, you know, they actually are promoting, I think the Hardys against, uh, Enzo and Kaz. That's uh, um, that's actually happening at the local promotion near me, MCW. Oh, they're doing the same match there too yep, as well. I believe so. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I know they're doing, I know they're doing that tag match locally here. Um, I want to say at the end of the month, I, at the end of March, I could I, I could be wrong, but there's them, and then uh, Paul Rome has got a wrestling promotion with uh, Mario Mancini, who was a famous uh, enhancement talent for the WWF. They mm -hmm. both have a promotion called Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, uh, okay. which they don't they don't it's all it's all local guys. Um, I actually saw one of their shows once. I went to a taco food truck festival in my town, <laughs> and. It was like on a muggy Saturday, like a couple years ago in the summertime, and um, did we see this? We see this sign for like pro wrestling, and then like it was like an arrow that says like "Go up the hill." I'm like, so my wife was like, she was like, "You know about this?" I'm like, "No." So we we walk up the hill, and it's like it's literally this ring that's next to this barn because oh, it was wow. like the, yeah, and. And then I see like the logo, and I'm like, P-A-P-W, what is that? What is that? I'm like, oh, and then literally I see Paul Roma walk right by me, looking miserable as ever. I mean, I would be too if I was promoting a wrestling show at a taco food truck festival, you know, after once being a member of the illustrious Four Horsemen, you know? Well, so, I, I definitely would love to have heard that called by Jesse Ventura. We're down here at the <laughs> taco stand at the taco stadium. Chico Santana. <laughs> with his flying burrito that's pretty cool i, I love uh the, the the rebirth of local and indie promotions it seems to have been a surge in the last couple of years uh last 10 years at least you know yeah um depending on the area i mean there's some you know like at least around here in the northeast you know you have like mcw out in your area is pretty popular it's a yep. pretty it seems to be the pretty big indie fed um in the maryland area but then you know massachusetts got um uh beyond wrestling uh you know like massachusetts rhode island you know and yeah. of course connecticut with northeast wrestling philadelphia um, has uh that the, the one uh, gcw yeah, but GCW's kind of grown. I mean, they, they've done like they've gone past Philadelphia, like Atlantic City. They're even out yeah. in California. They ran a pay per view at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Like they're probably they've probably blown up in the last year or so. Very um, true. With the help of you know the the Nick Gage Dark Side of the Ring episode, I think really helped launch them. But um, now the stuff that like Matt Cardona has been doing with them and yeah. some of the talents they've been getting involved in their shows. Um, I think they're they're scheduled for a California debut soon. If they haven't already, I could be wrong. But um, yeah, indie wrestling is in the last five years or so, maybe even longer than that. Indie wrestling is really gone. You know, it, it's 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 surged in popularity. I mean, I didn't honestly think that indie wrestling was going to be able to you know pick up as quickly after COVID, but 
guys are advertising, they're doing shows, and yeah, you know, it's it's, it's almost like grinding. business as usual. Yeah, so I, you know, mad respect to those guys. They're still going out there and doing it. It's been a renaissance in a way, um, as we see Spike Dudley and Sabu, some guys that were innovative at the time. You see a lot of these guys that have just worked the circuits and just work their their gimmicks, and it's it's. I feel like the '90s, you know, I, maybe because I wasn't aware there there wasn't so much, but uh, feels like now because we have social media, you get to see these uh, these varieties and almost like oversaturated like wrestling uh, industry, you know? Yep. Like there is so much content. There are so many wrestling federations and so many guys making appearances and traveling, which is great for them being independent contractors um which is yeah what, what these guys at the time in 1997 were probably you know dreaming of yeah i don't think the ecw guys had as much freedom to 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 do other things independent wise i don't think the independent scene in 97 was really anything um uh significant no um in terms of its presence um i think like i think lawler was still running memphis if i'm not mistaken so if i'm if i'm if I'm correct, I think because of the WWF um, relationship the ECW had with them at the time, and because Lawler was a part of that angle, I think some ECW guys did work Memphis. As we see Sabu here yes. tapping out Spike Dudley with the Taz mission, which is a nice, uh, interesting aspect of their rivalry. Now he's using Taz's finish to defeat an opponent um, that Taz defeated the week prior on ECW television. So this is... Uh, a nice little uh, uh, added um, element to their rivalry. And now Sabu's going to talk here, which I don't think I've ever heard him talk on the microphone. Oh, there might drop the mic. I was going to play the audio, but I was too late with the with the trigger. Um, he just challenged he, uh, <laughs> Taz to get out there. No, here's Bill Alfonso. Oh, Fon- You've been smoking that crack, Fon- Daddy. Fonzie, get out here. No. You've been smoking that crack, Danny. Let's play the audio for this. Yeah, let's get it. Ooh. No shit, Joey. Sabu setting Alfonso on the table. Don't botch it. Oh! Right on his ass. Just... And that there, folks, is one of the reasons... Why Sabu became a drug addict. (laughs) Right there. All right, let me ask you a question about Sabu, okay? Yeah. And help me understand this, okay? A lot of people feel that Sabu deserves an induction into the Hall of Fame. For his contributions, for his innovative style, he was ahead of his time. You know, he, he, he destroyed his body, um, et cetera, et cetera. As this episode of ECW closes out here. Um, uh, from March the 18th, 1997. But just to end on, you know, this note here, um, do you think with Sabu's contributions to the business and his um, the sacrifices he made with his body and the, his innovative style, do you think that warrants an induction into the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh like we've said, I think it's it's more of who you know. I don't think it warrants him in the WWE Hall of Fame. Maybe the Wrestling Hall of Fame for being innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I mean, WWE has, hasn't stopped WWE in the past from inducting someone who wasn't exactly you know a tenured member of their roster over the years. I mean, yeah, look at the names they've inducted: Vern Gagne. Yeah, Vern Gagne was the promoter of the AWA. You know, Vern Gagne was a big name in the Midwest. But they, 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 you know, respected his contribution. Same thing with Jushin Liger. Jushin Thunder Liger wrestled one match. One match in WWE. 
against Tyler Breeze in NXT TakeOver, and they put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, and Sabu had, Sabu had a longer run in WWE True. Than, than Jushin Thunder Liger. I would say yes. Uh, I would say yes. At this point, yes. What would you say? For his, his innovative hardcore style and his springboards, although sometimes very botchy, but uh, you know, other people were able to emulate and uh, deliver better. I don't think, honestly, you know, this may ruffle some feathers, but no, I don't think it warrants an induction into the WWE Hall of Fame because I think there were other guys who were much more innovative than him that ended up becoming an inspiration to others to emulate that style of wrestling. You know what I mean? I think, I don't think Sabu was one of the reasons why the Hardys were jumping off ladders through tables. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't see... I mean, unless you talk to them and they tell you, yeah, Sabu was an inspiration. We jumped off the ladders, you know? like right. he did, You know what I mean? Like, I don't think... And, and like you said, he may not have executed those very well either. So, you know, there's there's that to, to look into. But um, I think there were guys who brought a daredevil, hardcore style that was more... Like, like Mick Foley, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make the argument that Mick Foley was... And maybe his inspiration came from Sabu, from watching his stuff in Japan. But Mick Foley, I feel like, was... Is a better template for that, that hardcore, innovative, daredevil style. You know what I mean? But then again, you can make an argument that he got that from Sabu. And, and you know, other guys emulated Sabu as well. I don't know. I just think... Like, the Hall of Fame, to me, like, you have to have a standout career that, like, stands out. And Sabu stands out in the wrong way. In, yeah. in, in, in the wrong ways when it comes to wrestling. Okay. You know, unfortunately, his reputation um, for how he dealt with promoters um, and, and how he conducted himself at times, albeit it's a reputation. Um, and just the, like you said, the execution of that style. It was very botchy, you know? Yeah. I mean... So I don't know. I mean, but his imp- maybe, maybe now you could maybe warrant the argument that if the WWE were to do an ECW wing, let's say they were to advertise one year, let's say they do WrestleMania in Philadelphia and it's ECW themed, right? You put Paul Heyman in, you put fucking Tommy Dreamer in, you put Taz in, and you put say, you do an ECW wing, right? Okay, you could put Sabu in that wing because of the impact he had on the ECW brand and the and, and ECW itself. You know, starting things out when it changed over from Eastern Championship Wrestling to Extreme Championship Wrestling, etc. You can make that argument there. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. To, to be... I'm not saying he wasn't an innovator. I'm not saying that he had... I don't know. I just think... I don't, I, I, I don't look at his Hall... I don't look at him as Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, they put the fucking Bushwhackers in and Coco Beware... And they're going to put in Queen Charmel, so why the fuck not? <laughs> they need to put in Bulldozer Brian Lee for that one promo oh from last God, week. Oh, my God, they should. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely should. That's been our episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will catch up with you next week when we talk more. ECW Hardcore TV. It'll be Season 5, Episode 13. Finally. From March 25th. 1997. Yes, indeed. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on any platform by searching Retromania with a W. You can write to us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. Dave, where can everybody find you? And we will. You know, kicking out it to Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Find all of our archive shows up there. WrestleMania season in full effect. Can't wait to get back into the saddle. I'm already back in the saddle on the horse, on the ride. Let's do it. Thank you all so very much. It's about that time. We put this show to oh, wrong, 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 wrong show. <laughs> that's my that's my closing for my show. I totally got carried away. But anyways, let's get the hell out of here and see you all next week. See you.